This is Bruce Sheffer of the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Due to personal issues, I have had to hang up my hat as editor, which means that you are now going to be receiving for at least the next month all the episodes of the Tri-Tac Podcast unedited. I'm just going to take care of the most grievous things like dropouts and restarts and anything else is pretty much the way people talk. So I hope you uh, appreciate all the hard work we put into editing before and, and sometime after. But in the meantime, here's the show. Welcome to the Try Gag Games Podcast. This is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. And this is Richard, live from Origins. Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast, your podcast of ringing in the new year with a great new set of political ramifications and, and promises that are going to be not kept one second. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> this week, Following up on an idea by John Ryer, we are going to be talking about politics and how it affects your iDebt Fringeworthy campaign. Actually, in your game in general, I mean, you can still have politics in, say, Bureau 13 as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of Americans, okay, home of democracy, okay, the pearl in the center of a world of people who are always trying to take the power from the people. Okay, Would not the Americans want to influence IDEC protocol to push their agenda of, of establishing democracies in every world that IDEC comes in touch with? There are at least five votes, five vetoes against that in the Security Council, and you good luck getting that through the General Assembly. Uh, uh, either one, neither, neither you know, at the very least, Russia or China would veto anything the America does, tries to, to, to influence the uh, IDA. They would veto it you know, on the Security Council. I, I think with the, <laughs> the General Assembly, I take it it's one vote. One, one vote. nation. Yeah. Well, there is that concept of parliamentary politics. Mm hmm. Which, if people really don't like our two-party system, you're really not going to like parliamentary politics because there's probably about 20 different parties at any time, and it's coalition politics. Yeah, That's going to end up being the order of the day as far as any political maneuvering goes on. So yeah. that whole democracy thing, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of the countries aren't going to fly for that because they're all parliamentary politics. Well, Germany's that way, Britain's that way. 
Well, it doesn't have to be parliamentary, but the concept of democracy, one person, one vote, is very important to Americans. And it also works in a lot of things. I have a relative who spent her a large part of her working career working for the UN, going to other countries and trying to help them set up democratic elections to elect their leaders by the people, okay, with varying amounts of success. But the point is, is that that was the thing that the UN was behind, okay? They supported that. So I'm saying is that the Americans would really want with this world out there full, this universe full of, of new countries that have never run into Earth before, they would want that the face of IDEP be one of of, of democracy, one of enabling, not one of, uh, hey, you know, I'm the queen and I run everything, or hey, we have this secret cabal that runs everything, but one man, one woman, one vote, and the government is responsible to the people. I can see that as being a big push by America and, and other democratic countries and saying, we want IDET, when they come into contact with people, we want them to say, when they ask us, what kind of government do you have? We want them to say, it's a democratic government. Because the UN is the same way. It has one nation, one vote. Yeah, except the United States is, is, is a republic, not a democracy. And it doesn't make a bit of difference to <laughs> any American, John, as you know. well know. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, if you look out, the, the, the democratic governments that are formed are more long form the parliamentary style democracy than the American style. In fact, America is pretty much unique in its democracy in the world. Uh, and of course, you would go to Pax Romano. They say, well, of course, the plebs get the vote for their sen- for the sen- for the senators. You know, every man every man who has so much wealth can vote. You know, and uh, and they make you know you know it's convincing that women can vote, that anyone else can vote. That'll take some doing, but they do have votes. But that would be like something that, uh, let's say, the Americans would want. Uh, I know that a lot of certain uh, countries in the Mideast and in other areas would want to push a theocracy as, as or at least a, a, a theocratic orientation, worldview, would want that to be promoted. They would want people to... to IDET to be the vehicle for moving you know, uh, religious literature out there for those people who never have an opportunity to know the truth. Okay, here, here's something else. You're talking about a world religion or, you know, at least a theocratic mindset. Um, and, and this will come into it. I, there will be a payoff with this. Are you, any of you familiar with the artificial language of Esperanto? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It was made by Dr. Ludwig Zamenhof, a Polish optometrist, back in the late 1800s. It had Oriental grammar with... Um, Asian grammar? Uh, yeah, Asian <laughs> grammar with uh, European syntax and flow. So Dr. Zamenhof, Dr. Zamenhof made it to where anybody on Earth could speak it. He tried petitioning it as a world language to the League of Nations back in the 19-teens, but the one catch, the one stickler that they said um, no was that because he was a Polish Jew, he wanted Zionism as a world religion as well. And that was the thing that killed it. Yeah. Wow. So you're going to have a lot of 
also people going, oh, well, you know, we, you know, we want also, you know, a, a this theocratic viewpoint. We also would like a common lingua franca throughout this, this, you know, among what we're talking about, because we're not always going to be on the same earth. There are going to be times where we're going to need to talk to each other on the fringe paths, because once you're mm -hmm. on earth, you go through a portal, boom, the gift gives you whatever dominant language. Oh, but there are going to be times you're on the fringe paths, like the first instances of the fringe pirates. That was in the middle of a combat zone. If you don't have a lingua franca to speak, you're not going to understand orders in the heat of combat. So well, they're going to okay. want a lingua franca. That's something okay. else that po politics is going to play into. How do we even relate to each other just on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute level? Actually, Trav, on that one, because um, the way I always play it was the, the gift-giving goes both ways. First person on the platform is the majority of language, and that's language you end up speaking when you step through. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, what, that's, that's, what, that's the way I've been playing it. But So, yeah, if a bunch of fringe pirates come through and you're already there, they speak whatever language you guys are speaking. No, no, no. I mean, no. The first instance of fringe pirates was on a platform. Yeah. Yeah. But you still got, you still got to go through a portal. And you still got to get to the language. I, I, I know this. I meant... Oh, what, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, the transit portals aren't the same thing as the, uh, as the, uh, as the, uh, uh, the standard portals. Right, that's what I mean. It's are you mean the pathway portals, John? Yes, yes. The pathway portals aren't the same thing as the uh, smaller planetary portals. Planet right. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm talking just being on the platform. Excuse me, traveling, and all of a sudden something breaks out. Well, if you got people, you're like two guys that speak English, one guy that speaks Mongolian, another guy that speaks Latin, and then, well. The, uh, I always treat them exactly the same way. They, the, the, that language gifting thing happened no matter what portal you went through. Yeah, okay, you, you, see, you. I always thought it was just planetary portals off the prime or the altar. That's how I did. Not the transit portals in between pathways. Yeah, I, oh, no, I, it seemed to me like it would be something you'd want no matter what. Because if a technician from one world met a technician from another world and they weren't both speaking to Malern, then they'd need to speak some common language. It would make sense that the system would grant it to them. Yeah, because uh, at the very least, you, you were gifted when you stepped onto the platform from the world. So at that point, you have that language until you step through another portal and you have it changed. So, yeah, you would still be able to... Though it's, I would say, well, that, that's a good one. Now I got to think about revising that section of the book. All right, uh, make some changes to it. But anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, but, you know, so I'm thinking. So of course, you know, when you approach the con about democracy, I hope you do it in a nice, polite way of doing it, and he gets a good laugh. But other than that, uh, your your head hitting up in a pike is a good possibility at that point. So there's some worlds going to be quite resistant to being told let's have democracy. Um, uh, the scenario I set up for the uh, Romans. You know, it's it's. I got re I got re totally revise it again. I'm sorry. I needed to sandbox it more, uh, but it ends up you only find two French worthy. Uh, one of which I've used before, and the other one. Well, you don't want him to be French worthy. He's a religious fanatic, and yeah, and all the problems there. And yeah, straw man, John. Religious fanatic is, is a pejorative term. Someone who is deeply religious, it does not make them a fanatic. 
Oh, uh, okay. How about religious terrorists, which is even more straw man? Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, somebody who's a terrorist is not going to be hired by IDET to go out and be an explorer. Yeah. Well, it, but he's per, most person on Grata and, and, and Pax Romano, too. So, you know, he oper- but he operates in the shadows. In the, well, first of all, fringe people, fringe worthy, are mm-hmm. not not they're 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 about as common as hen's teeth. IDET's going to be taking mm-hmm. anybody they can. They're not going to be really sitting there going, "Well, we need to do a a thorough psychiatric profile." No, they're taking anybody. They're going to be uh, going in the early days by trial and error and realizing, "Okay, this guy's a whack job. We need to put him on something where he like oh deals with nobody." You know. Well, I, I think that there's going to be still a line you have to draw. I mean, if someone if someone is a um, uh, a mass murderer and he happens to be fringeworthy, are you going to put him on an IDET team? Yeah, if Waylay shows up in the prison and he's in death row, no, they're not going to take him. You know, sorry. They'd be really desperate to take him. You know. Yeah, which would make an interesting scenario. You all may have, ma- you have a team consisting of nothing but mass murderers and psychopaths. Hmm. We, we may have covered that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we already did that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like an average team, doesn't it? Sounds like a D&D Sounds like a D&D party. As I say, it's a D&D party, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Murder hobos, which is also in the game you can purchase. Really fun. For homeless yeah. adventurers. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, you know, so you find Pax Romana. And what's the first thing that, that they, they, they're going to be told? Get rid of slavery. And, of course, what they're, they're going to say is, you first. <laughs> You know, because you know, they practice Roman slavery, which is different from American South slavery. There's some major differences. One, slaves could, could actually earn money, you know, and keep it. You know, in fact, there are some slaves who, if you were offered to be free or stay a slave, they say, I'm making too much money right now to be a, to be a free man. If I'm a free man, I wouldn't be able to make the money I'm making right now. Yeah, but, but John, that's not the point. The point is, is that you have someone saying that we want you to change this because of this point of view. And they're saying, no, no, because we have this point of view. That's where the game appears. That's where the conflict, that's where the interesting stuff happens. That's what we're talking about. That's your topic. Yes. Oh, yes. And and uh, and this is where you start getting the abolitionists trying to you know do something on on Pax Romana. You know that's going to be interesting because well one thing so if you guys want to do this understand that Roman slavery uh, for the most part was only for the person who was a slave. If he had kids, they're freemen. Any children he sires are free. They're not slaves. I'm seeing this not so much as <laughs> slavery, but as indentured servitude. Yeah, for some of them, for some of them, for life. If it's for life, it's not indentured servitude. If you're an agriculture worker, short, short, brutal. If you're a household servant, not so short, but maybe still brutal. If you work in the, if you're like a teacher or a merchant, you'll live into your eighties. Yeah, yeah. See, see trap. I mean, yeah, and I agree. There's different kinds of slavery, and and that's going to vary, you know. But the one of the concepts that that most Amer, uh, well, of course, Americans and a, a lot of the people in the the first world, they have the attitude that slavery is bad. So it just seems to me that this would be, and it's actually part of the UN Charter, the UN Charter, the Bill of Human Rights. One of them is you can't, you know, no one can uh, put you into uh, servitude. 
Okay, uh, unless you have committed a crime and are and are therefore being imprisoned for that crime. Okay, so I'm just saying we're bringing a lot of our ethics and a lot of our things along with us as IDET people because we are under the UN Charter and therefore should be expected to use the UN rules of engagement and the UN rights of humanity. So it's going to affect things. And then people around the world may try to push additional agendas on top of that, like religion. You know, I mean, free religion means that I have the ability to suggest to you that you should have a different one. Okay. That's part of freedom of religion. <laughs> okay. Why well, am I remembered of, of all the various codes who were stuck into RoboCop during the original movie? <laughs> all the all, all the things he had to do. There were like a hundred uh, or something. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, br- yeah brush your teeth after every meal. <laughs> Be a good citizen. Yeah, so I can see after first contact with with uh, with the Pax Romana and and the and the Roman you're going you would meet who's fringeworthy is a free man. In fact, he's proud of being a free man. In fact, he only hires freemen, which means his price is the highest in town. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, it's it's I mean it's going out, it's phasing out. I mean it's getting cheaper to do things with freemen than it is with slaves. So it it will eventually phase out. But trouble is. Some of the people you will run into who would who, who would oppose you freeing the slaves are some of the slaves themselves. Not all of them. I will say, you know, slavery is bad. Even under the even the best of slaves, it's they can still be punished for things. Uh, this is a different Rome. I'm still trying to figure out how to make Rome Rome in in the 1500s, uh, but making it Greek like the Byzantians and without making it something weird like other versions and still have the, yeah, no matter what, it's still a bit weird, but, uh, you know, but, you know, of course, you know, there's no, you know, if you, if you say who, you know, who's Caesar and they go, oh, that's a family name. There was no Caesar. This, this Rome was, uh, if there's, if there would be a name associated with the uh, Imperator, it would be Spartacus. <laughs> Cause the first emperor of Rome and at least on Pax Romana was Spartacus, the Thracian slave. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So back back to Earth Prime, okay. Uh, out there, you've, got reli- you've got religious groups that are trying, um, nations, re- religious nations that are trying to push their agenda, okay. You've got uh, different nations trying to push the, um, the adoption or the promotion of their political system on, you know, by explorers as they go out, and certainly through kind of the materials that are given to them to teach them stuff. Because, you know, you can slide all kinds of um, lessons into uh, educational materials if you're, if you're good about it. Mm, yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So what else would we want to move? I mean, outside of, of, the, of the religious, I mean, I was really surprised that the um, uh, Victorians didn't want to push a moral agenda on uh, the uh, on Earth primers, considering the fact that they consider us base very decadent. It's one of the reasons why they didn't want us having too much association with their people, according to the texts I've read. Uh, you know, when when the Victorian character inter- met. Cosplay, Victorian cosplayers. First thing he says, that is the first time I ever saw a corset on the outside of a dress. Uh, <laughs> you know, and various, and of course, oh my, and that's 
way too much skin, my dear. Um. Yeah, the, the Islamics would say the same thing. Yeah, walking around Alice Springs is an education in not wearing much clothes uh, in the summertime. You know, so yeah, uh, having their office. In fact, I uh, gave uh, Paul, who's playing the Victorian character, I gave him as his uh, secretary, an Australian um, steampunk person who is also a bit goth. She's the only one actually qualified, he felt was qualified for the job, even though she dyes her hair black and she's got white skin and wears corsets and he else have her dress. But other than that, she's fine. She's the best person you ever find because she actually understands Victorian customs. <laughs> no one else did. Well, when, when, the, when the fringe world that's is primarily based on Tahiti joins IDET and joins the Commonwealth, and they send their delegation to Earth, where all the women are walking around with only clothing below the waist. Um, and, and, and I have seen no reason whatsoever to cover up. Uh, I can see where that could cause some ripples. Or, or, or a race of, or the, uh, the race of intelligent or sapient bonobos who have their own version of, taking, of solving problems. And for those of you who don't know, sex. They will have sex to solve problems. Doesn't everybody? So, yes, having them trying... Yeah, but they do it in public and, and it... Okay, a little more problematic then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you run into those situations. Or, you know, like we mentioned during our par- during our Power uh, Centers uh, episode, you know, people, the critters like the raptors. It doesn't matter. You're human. You're not, you're not, you're not one of us. Therefore, you're just... Yeah. You know, dealing with them would be hard because they don't view people, you know, humans as being important. You know, they they would actually go to, to, to zeal and tell them, "What the heck are you doing working for these folks? Come work for us." You know, you're at least closer to us than you are to those. <laughs> so, what other politic, what other types of of um, agendas would a political organization try to push onto IDET? Oh, financial. Finan- you know, financial uh, business businesses would want to exploit them. I mean, okay, yes, we want to send the, we want to send Roman esque things to Pax Romana. You know, can you guys you know, help us with that? We want to get a contract with them to supply them with appropriately you know, designed things that fits their culture. Of course, that's a culture four hundred, you know, a thousand years old. Uh, so you know, one of the one of the things I I did for my players, they got dressed in Roman costume. Well, the first thing that you found out, you guys doing a play? Because they weren't dressed like anyone else was. This is a thousand years later. Everyone's dressed differently. The only time anyone wears a toga is is if you're going to if you're a senator, and that's only if you're going to a dress dinner or some important function. Otherwise, you're wearing something more like a tunic, or something more like um, more period than a toga. You know, togas are more or less fell out of fashion a, a thousand years ago. <laughs> You know, so yes, I, I can just see people wanted to do, do businesses wanted to do this, wanted to, you know, and there that, that that would lead to the Americanization, you know. I mean, you look around the world right now. How many places? How many places used to dress, you know, differently and now dress like Americans, you know, t-shirts, shorts, pants, you know, not not the original uh, way of dressing and clothing and so forth. I don't want to use the word costume. That's not right. I mean, you know, the you know the, the, how how many people wear sarongs these days unless they're doing some sort of play or mumus or mumus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 
that's something some folks would worry about the Americanization of the fringe. You know, the last time somebody, uh, I mean, you don't normally see men wearing dresses, but they were uh, throughout our history uh, of the world, they, it was quite common for a man to wear a dress. Yeah. Voluminous robes. I mean, uh, the only time I ever, actually ever see anything close to that is in the UN, where they decided to show the national pride and wear their, uh, this is where I use the word costume, their national costume. Because that's, a, that's not what they wear when they're at home, but that's what they wear at the UN. It's their costume they wear at the UN. It's, it's sort of their cultural uniform. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but would they want to promote that idea of other people wearing that exact same costume? Would that be something that a political organization would want to do? That'd be something just public opinion would. I mean, you remember, you remember, we had a, that the row I had with uh, um, was it Paul? Yeah, the other Paul uh, in the uh, in the in the Yahoo group when I had my uh, Roman my Roman character wearing a toga and he was in base. He started saying, "Well, he wouldn't wear a toga. He actually would put in a business suit on." I'd say, "Why?" Why do you put a business suit on? So he'd mesh right in. So you would actually have people who would expect, you know, you're on Earth, you dress like you're on Earth Prime. You're going to do business. You don't wear a toga. You don't wear a business toga or whatever. You, know, you wear a, a, a American-style or European-style business suit. You know, just like the Chinese do these days, you don't see a Mao jacket anywhere these days when the Chinese are doing business. They're wearing Western-style business suits. You know, and everyone else should. Everyone else wears business suits. So, of course, the Romans should wear business suits. Hey, wait a minute. The Romans should wear business suits. So, like, so when in Rome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it's a great yeah, but yeah, it's when in Rome. But you know, but the Romans, for their opinion, is that no, we're wearing the. I'm wearing what I do business in. This is what I wear to do business in. Thank you. You know, let's 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 get into some of the the um, some of the other politics that are really important with this when we talk about like alliances and you know certain agencies trying to block alliances or and, and make alliances for example um so we talked about we talked about the you know the earth prime um had maybe having some conflicts with the victorians and let's say, let's just say, for example, or for, for our sake of argument, it looks pretty even. Or, or maybe for you know, maybe, maybe they're a little worried about the Victorians having a little bit of an edge because of the steam. Maybe it's working out better than than you know than I than I think it would. Um, so, the uh, Earth Primers go well. All right, we're going to make friends with these uh, these Golden Horde, and um, now the Victorians don't look so tough anymore because. You know, we, we've got our ally here that that is more than happy to uh, to, to to press their will on you. Um, so, so what kind of ha- what kind of stuff happens though? I mean, what where do you see uh, groups of people like like organ like the the different worlds and stuff? Which ones do you see kind of like naturally meshing together, or or you know, what what kind of alliances do you see forming early on? Oh, actually, what I see right away is that. Unless they get their butts down to the prime, um, the Erders, Erders and the Golden Horde, because the Golden Horde's on their alt. Okay. And it, if no one heads down, if no one from Earth Prime heads down to the to their prime, you'd be dang certain the Mongols go down there first and encounter the Erders. Okay. And maybe they make an alliance together because the Erders are well, they're a little so chauvinistic. 
and they may actually view, you know, the the uh, the Mongols as, well, we could work with these guys, you know. We'll let them do all the hard work, and we'll provide them with the technology. Okay. Because remember, they're like 1950s, I believe, 1950s level technology. The orders, or no? I'm yeah, yeah, it's the orders. That's that's about right. Yeah. So yeah, so, the heavies, yeah. sure. The heavies, yeah. So they 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 were end up forming an alliance together and and helping each other out. You know that's. Yeah, they both like heavy drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So they could provide you know provide them with diesel vehicles to drive around and haul their ponies on. So you don't think that the uh, Urders would be a better fit with? I'm not the Urders. Um, the the uh, Golden Horde would be a better fit with uh, the Norlanders because aren't they a little bit more militaristic? Uh, that's a possibility. Also, there's the Tzeal. The Vikings, after all. Oh, but yeah. How about but you know the the Golden Horde and the Tzeal, both warrior cultures. And to zeal, yes, they maybe had to go with the fact that they one are you know lizards, but hey, I could see, uh, you know, the zeal forming you know forming an alliance from the Mongols. I don't understand your problem, Uman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, or the yeah, and who else is out there? And of course, you know, and then you got to deal with the slargs. When they show up, and the, slar- course- the slargs are not a nation. They're not even a group. They're 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 they're, they're the ultimate individualists. Yeah. <laughs> are you yeah. thinking about the the? Um, uh, not, uh, not you're right. No, no, not, not not the slargs. The um, um, that's my head. The sleazeback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. Yeah, yeah. The the um, key gag. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the Kegak. Oh, yeah. That's why I was messing with you. I said sleeve stack that they could get you the Kegak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. The Kegak, you know, the the master manipulators. Oh, yeah. They, they show up and say, ooh, who do we who do we back? Who do we lay down with? Yeah, who do you lay down? Uh, well, who do we make lay down with us? Uh, the Kegak are, are like the guy uh, who was playing the second command on Coneheads. With a guy uh, who was like the head of the uh, uh, INS. Oh yeah, it, it, David Spade. Yeah. David Spade. Well, he was, but his character was like, whatever you said, he'd back it. Okay, and so he mm-hmm. basically got uh, as as far up your butt as he could possibly get. I think what he says is right. Yeah, no, what he says is right. Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you the man. You the man. man. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you say. Uh. <laughs> My throat's bad. I can't do that right now. <laughs> but I can do slug. Yes, yes. <laughs> just give me, just give me fifty million dollars and, and, and a and a and a backpack nuke, and I'll solve your problem. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So, Richard, what's your opinion on all this stuff? We haven't heard from you at all yet. Not a peep. I'm here. I'm listening. That's oh, not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great <laughs> deliverer of wisdom! Speak your words. Speak them. Pont- pontificate before us. <laughs> He's still thinking. <laughs> but uh, all right. So, anything else, John? Well, of course, in the later campaigns, you're going to be dealing the politics between different fringe-worthy, fringe-worthy 
let's call them nations. You have the Commonwealth and say the current one, the um, the Egyptians, Coptics, the Coptics. There's going to be some politics at some point between those two. It's not going to be a war of genocide. It's got. There's going to be at some point where they have to decide we need to deal with these people, but not deal with them militarily. And there, that's going to be a political situation. And that's in one direction. Who knows who's on the other side? There could be another group out there. In fact, in fact, uh, we did. We do know who is out there. The, the Huichi, I mean, they're a small little group. You know, and they're you know out, out there. They 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 have a totally different set of politics to worry about as well. You know, uh, and you got to deal with other fringe using races and try to determine, you know, what do they want out of this association with this new Commonwealth? Because it's going to be a Commonwealth. It's not going to be UNITA. It's going to be the Commonwealth they're going to oh. encounter. Oh, eventually, Whether, sure. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even uh, talked about the really uh, the the uh, the scary one. I mean, the, the one that that. Everyone's like, you take him. No, you take him. No, no, you take him. The Demixie. Oh, it's like, yes. it's like, hey, we got another group out there to ally with. No, we don't. Nope, not gonna. Nope. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. That's the thing. Hey, it's hey. We have a new ally. We have a new race that you can ally with. And notice, <laughs> I said you can ally. You so, can. So you're saying that arachnophobia is a universal? No, that problem? would just be me. That's just I'm 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 putting my own stamp on it. No, and and, and I, actually, if if you're a GM, I know Richard put out the portal of books, but I would say you know, pepper some Demixi alternates out there, some Demixi primes out there, besides Demixi prime. You know, because, you know, a lot of these races just show up once and that's it. They should show up more than once and not necessarily on this on the same node. They should show up el- elsewhere and differently. You know, why, the, um, the um, I can't remember the names, the elephants. Blizzness. You know, we have blizzness in one world. Well, what happens if there's another blizzness world out there? How are they different from the blizzness on the first world we find them on? You know, and would the, would the would they have would they be friendly to each other, or would, they, would we have blizzards on blizzards action at that point? That just sounded yeah. wrong. Yeah, that sounded better. Yeah. In, that that yeah. sounded better in your head, didn't it, John? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes the 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 the, um, the 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 dominator blizzards. Yeah, where they take their power and they turned it into. Oh, that's a creepy thought. The Blizzards don't have empathy; they just have flat-out mind control. Oh, yeah, domination. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, could easily, it could easily go that direction. Oh yeah, you can tell the difference because the Blizzards have uh, have that finger-like trunk. The Dobnair Blizzards don't need to worry about picking up anything, so they just have a normal trunk. They just have to so they live. Ha- they just have to live in a world where something has evolved to have eight thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> either that, or, either that, or there's hordes of little insects that'll just crawl over everything and do whatever you tell them to do, like the um, like the maintenance from yeah, Hardware I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, the Trent and the Grog from uh, Larry Niven's uh, universe. Uh, they both were mind controllers. Trent's had a lot of slave races. The Grog may have been a devolved Trent. And they uh, were able to convince animals to come up to them and jump into their mouth so they can eat them. <laughs> Get in my belly! Get in my belly! 
They must be the fattest aliens that have ever lived. If they don't even have to get up to feed themselves. They're like the Elvis of aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, I'm hungry. Yes, this race was a great and powerful race, but they all died of heart disease. <laughs> but, you know, as we said, the blizzards have the bliss field around them. You know, I, I could see someone going, you know, they make great ambassadors and negotiate and help with negotiations because they calm everyone down. So we actually could be logical and talk about things and not actually scream and yell at each other and throw chairs and take our shoes off and beat the table with them. Um, so I can see them being mediators for all these negotiations. You got three or four blizzards in a room and no one argues. You know, they're all calm and talking to each other. No, they, they argue, John. They just argue nicely. Yeah, they argue nicely, but yeah, but, yeah, but they don't shout at each other. He says, I totally don't hold it against you that your father and mother were never married. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and have I met your wife, your sister? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're being totally nice to each other the whole time. They're drinking, they're toasting each other. They're still saying these things. They're just being really nice about it. Hey man, it, it's totally not cool. Like you know, maybe you should jump off a bridge or something. And oh, hey, could you pass the salt, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Would you please die? <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, here you go. Oh, yes, sir. Would you choke on it, please? You had the religious the religious issues with the, with the zeal. I mean, it's a temple. We don't know enough about the the zeal, Richard. Okay, I mean, what you know, what agenda would the with the zeal? Push onto IDET and the and I and the Commonwealth if they could. To the Tazeel Trust would be a very important thing, considering where they've been and what they've done. Oh yeah, trust and honor. Yeah, they would want. They would want truthfulness first of all. They would they would make sure. Um, what's the term I'm looking for here? Disclosure. Well, they, they might also want harsher penalties for breach of contract. Uh, yeah. That's true. Ooh, yeah. And, re and remember the way we just described it, their entire, at least the major religion, they're all fringe-worthy. Because you, to be a priest, you got to make the little, the little stone glow. So, yeah, they're all fringe-worthy. So, so unlike other religions, which may, may be lucky to have a mullah or a priest, all the Zazil priests are fringe-worthy. They're universally fringe-worthy? I thought the blizzness were. No, 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 no. By, by dint of selection, to be a priest, at least at the, at the, at the temple of the, of the Great Ring, you had to be fringe-worthy. You had to be able to go through the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the Zazil. Yeah, the clergy had to be fringe-worthy. I thought you said no, all the no, 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 Zazil no, yeah. were fringe-worthy. Yeah, all, all, no, all, no. all their priests are fringe-worthy. So the, they, as a group, being a, that would be a strongly religious group, would have a strong uh, collective vision that they might want to impress, uh, push onto fringe worthy explorers or anybody else they came into contact with. And it's one of the few where, where their pope can come visit our pope. The pope. And, and as a matter of fact, that could be a point of superiority. It says, if you if you are the vessel of God, come through the God eye, sir. Yes. Or, or madam, as Mary Queen Victoria is the head of the, of the Church of England. Okay. <laughs> Still, the point is, is that, you know, why is our religion better? Because 
We can go through the god eye. You can't. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember. Did you ever say what the color of the key is at the at the, the Zeal Temple? Hmm. GMs, you can be really you can be really mean to your players and have this rainbow hued key sitting up oh. there. That would be really that would be such a bad idea. <laughs> it would just it would it would ruin your campaign, John. It, it, yeah, they pray it out in a second. You find the Tazeel in the early campaign in the first five years and you give them a rainbow key, uh no. No. I'd say something like uh, security level five. You know, level five key, or maybe a level four key. Four or five would be good for early campaign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course, you won't get off the, the zeals. Will will will. You'd have to have the zeal to carry it because it's the sacred eye. So you it would never leave his possession. Right. He, he'd say, "I must protect the eye." Oh, I must go to battle. I must protect the eye. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> You know, at that point, <laughs> running back and forth, going, do I run back to the portal and protect the eye, or do I stay here and fight like I'm supposed to? <laughs> yeah, things like that. Yeah, so yeah, so you can have a delegation of the entire religion of Tazeel at your doorstep if if you if they so wish. <laughs> of course, as soon as they do that, there's no one protecting the, the temple, and therefore the other sects show up and start attacking it. So <laughs> they don't have soldiers that are not friends, really, still protecting the temple when they're gone. Probably because they're you know they're not stupid. Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> just, 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 hey, we came to port. Okay, everybody has liberty. There's nobody left on the aircraft carrier. All the natives come on board and steam it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds about as likely. <laughs> yeah. Politics can add an extra dimension to your game. Uh, you don't have to get into the sausage making, you know, I said, you know, sitting in Congress or some meeting, but you can get into situations where it's fun, where you're busy trading barbs with the ambassador from Pax Romana, or where you're busy trying to make a trade deal. That's politics, because you're not dealing with the because you're dealing with the people in charge, not the people who make the stuff, and you gotta make sure they get the, their bread buttered as well as the uh, people who make the stuff. And yes, it can add add some extra. Uh, danger to your game if you make if you do something wrong or you blow that roll and all of a sudden you realize you just ticked off the con and he wants your head. What do you do then? So until next time. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi. 
Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.